Hello and welcome to the inaugural edition of Grave Consequences. We are the Social Suplex Rudos. We are Caleb and uh, the man known as Maserati. We are here to revisit one of the greatest American wrestling shows, very much ahead of its time. We are here to review Lucha Underground. The voice you are hearing is one of Caleb Baldwin. I am an alumnus of this network and I am glad to be back here on your airwaves. Uh, joined by a frequent guest on podcast, if I'm not mistaken, and a column writer, uh, one, the uh, again, the man known as Maserati. Uh, yeah. Maz, how you doing, man? Doing all right, man. Just got off work. How are you doing? I am doing amazing. So again, basically explained, you know, again, that we're revisiting one of my favorite wrestling shows ever to be completely transparent with you. Um, when did you, just for context, when did you first discover Lucha Underground? I was listening to uh, Solo Monster, and he, he was talking about it like throughout the first season. And when he got to the, the episode in which this podcast is named, I decided I need to check this out because this guy <laughs> is loving this show. And I don't regret it one bit. You know what's amazing is... Uh, Grave Consequences was also my first episode to watch uh, the day that it aired originally. Now, granted, when El Rey was dropping these shows, they would do like three hour blocks. So they would do like the previous two weeks beforehand. I watched those and I'm like, this show's pretty cool. And then I watched Grave Consequences and I was just I was hooked all the way. And that was in, I believe, March of 2015 is when that episode dropped. By the way, the show debuted in October of 2014. Yeah, I didn't know what to think of it when it first came out. I, I wasn't, you know, super into lucha wrestling. I, you know, came from WWE, then I went to TNA, and I tried Ring of Honor. And I, I was just jumping around, you know, shows like that. And I, I didn't have much interest into it until I, other people started talking about it. And I, I, I don't think I could have predicted what it was actually going to be, because it's, it's quite a bit of different things. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, and because they tape it so far in advance and they edit the thing and they make it very much a cinematic experience, it's more, Chad Matthews had described it as more a show about wrestling than it is a wrestling show. And I think that is a perfect description of of Lucha Underground. And to be frank, I'm not sure why no one is stealing that concept, especially with COVID. Like, now's probably the best time to do wrestling like a TV show like this, because Mm-hmm. it's hard to get audience reactions because you can't really have audiences all the time. Yeah. Uh, like in Japan, they couldn't, they're not, they're not cheering. They're just clapping. I, like, I think now's the time to make it like a TV show and, and, and it works. They did it for four seasons. It was popular for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, we've, uh, Oh, by the way, um, you can follow me on Twitter at I am Caleb B follow the show on Twitter at what is the at name? <laughs> I don't know. You created it. <laughs> this is quite the sloppy shop that we're running here, boys. Uh, let's see here. Oh, GC underscore cast. That is our Twitter. Wow. Also hit up our uh, Gmail if you have any comments, questions, etc. Feedback. Uh, Grave Consequences podcast at gmail.com. And um, again, we are very much glad to be here on the Social Suplex podcast network. And Greg, you want to <laughs> first time you ready to get into the show? Yeah, sure. Nice. All right, so we start off with some cinematics. Explain. Oh, pardon me. The very first thing we see on this show. They're going to have to edit this out. 
Uh, <laughs> put a timestamp no, down keep on it your in. phone. No, keep it. <laughs> All right, so the first thing we start off with is a vignette. Features two thugs beating down a hooded masked wrestler. Another more experienced luchador. I believe this is uh, El Dragon Azteca, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Runs in, takes out the thugs, spinning head scissors and an airplane spin. That is classic. And the best thing about these cinema, these uh, cine, these cinema, tra- yeah, these cinematics. Yeah, this is, like we're both having trouble saying these words, and, and yes. we both use them a lot for this. But mm-hmm. uh, they they mix a lot of like regular fight choreography in there. Like so, it looks like a fight scene you'd see on like a CW superhero show. It There's does, like yeah. some martial arts, and it's you know it's not perfect, it's not John Wick or like you know the Matrix, but it's you know it's passable for TV, and you can buy it uh, yeah. for for the time it came out. And it makes it. Uh, it 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 tends to separate it from other wrestling. Like if you were to have like this happen in a on another wrestling show, they'd be just only using wrestling moves, maybe mm-hmm. some brawling, and it and it helps set the tone for what this show is trying to be. It's trying to be. It's trying to come across as a fight club in a lot of yeah. ways, uh, a temple to the death uh, between warriors. And I, it it was refreshing when when I first saw it. I, I was really like, okay, where are they going with this? I mean, as I don't want to spoil it, but we're going to see some other things that will separate it from other wrestling shows and make it quite refreshing. Absolutely. Oh, and by the way, after he takes out the thugs, he grabs the rookie and he says, come with me. And we hear the first loud gong that is synonymous with Lucha Underground. I miss it so much. I, I do too, man. When I heard it, like I almost got like a half chub. That's how excited I was to hear it, man. <laughs> Uh, all kidding aside, veteran talks to the rookie, asked him, what do you know about Lucha? Uh, and then we, we get a spiel about Lucha, uh, Lucha Libre, hundred uh, thousands of years history, um, honored ancient tra- tradition of combat. And he says, now it's our time to rise. The next thing we cut to, by the way, triple mania, we see a man by the name of Dario Cueto. And he makes a business deal with someone from AAA, probably the president of AAA, knowing how uh, knowing how Dario uh, rolls, you know. Yeah. And uh, old AAA business guy says, you know what? Fine, I'll sign the deal. Oh, and by the way, Dario uh, Luis Fernandez Gill told a story to I think it was Chris DeJoseph about like when he went to Triple Mania. The crowd knew he was Spanish and not Mexican. And the crowd, as such, heckled the crap out of him. Said some very, um, very unkind, I think is the the nicest way to describe, unkind words about his own mother, for example. Uncouth. Yes, very uncouth. Yes. There we go. Greg, it's, the, the yeah. source there. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's cool, because that was in my notes. We were talking about that before. That was in my notes for later. It comes up again, and, and it's kind of out of the blue. Uh, unless you had the context that you just gave, where it was like, uh, and I'll talk about it when it comes up. But uh, it that came up, that came that comes up on the show. They mention it like in passing, and it's it's a very weird thing to just hear out of the blue, like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. So after all this is explained, the rookie shakes the veteran's hand, and whoever this may be, <clears throat> we'll see him later. Um, as decided, he's going to start training, and that is a arc that we see throughout the series, man, because that that is the best thing about Lucha Underground is episodes built on each other. It is a proper TV show. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very, very much. Uh, 
it's not even I hate the the term long term storytelling because all storytelling should be long term unless the story ends. Uh, it yes. should keep going, mm-hmm. but it's very much written like a season. It's not so much it, it's booked, but it's written like a show. Like it has, you know, the finale, and it has arcs that will begin and end in a season or carry over as needed. And like you had said, it is written like a TV show. It's it's and it works. I think. Yes. Uh, and uh, you know, people have talked about like injuries and having off time for wrestlers. It's it's something that's not going to happen. And and for other reasons, it didn't work out for Lucha Underground. Like a lot of wrestlers, you know, couldn't make money because they they were their contracts were so strict they couldn't wrestle when the show wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was just on TV, but that's where you know that's where the money is. Uh, but uh, it it would provide people time to heal from injuries. Yeah, you know, um, it would have some off time. Uh, but it, that's never going to happen, unfortunately. But it's it's an interesting concept. Yeah. So cut to we enter the the temple for the first time ever, and we are introduced to our commentators of Matt Stryker and Vampiro. By the way, having heard Vampiro on various triple manias since this show, I am convinced that whoever edited this um, had to work triple overtime because they made Vampiro sound like a god on commentary. Yeah, I and, and Vampiro like the following interviews i've seen with him i don't know if you know this but he claimed on the uh, chris van vliet show that he has dementia oh really that doesn't necessarily uh sound impossible it's it, it does seem to explain a lot like any of the uh the beefs and the, and the controversies that have happened mm-hmm. to him between other wrestlers the, the blatant like lying about like being the bodyguard for millie vanilli for example oh that was about right i believe that's an outright lie but yeah, yeah. i mean i think he's a, a a habitual liar i think yeah uh, what's the word for that where you're uh compulsive compulsive liar yeah i, I feel i think he's that but i also i kind of do believe i mean he could be lying about having dementia but he, he could have because there's some things it's like why would he even say that again it's not unreasonable to think that yeah he's not lying about dementia do you, and we can edit this out but do you think uh do you think nwa <laughs> could have used that editor for for, for, uh, uh, for that? yeah i would say they could yeah that would have probably would have saved NWA. Well, not with Stroke uh, Daddy Ricky Starks might still be there if that didn't happen. Might, yeah. That, that's that's the person they needed to hire for for NWA because uh, it wasn't it just uh, Logano that was just uh, he was the only one. With, I believe uh, Logano was the only one editing. Yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> he should have to, uh, especially with Cornette. But you know, yeah. hindsight being what it is. Yeah, hindsight is two thousand and twenty. Uh, Matt Stryker on play-by-play, and Matt Stryker is—he gets a lot of grief, but I think he excelled here very well, especially helping uh, helping out Vampiro, for example. I used to hate Stryker because I remember yeah. I watched uh, NXT when Daniel Bryan was on there the first time. Mm-hmm. Game and the show, way he yeah. Talked, yeah, the way he talked to them, those wrestlers, was so disrespectful because it was supposed to be like a game show, like a corny yeah. game show. And I understand that like, he was told to do that, but I hated him for the longest time. But he he does pull a 180 for me as a commentator in uh, in Lucha. I mean, he is he he carries Vampiro a lot. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Oh, by the way, it's worth mentioning that each episode has a title, like a TV show, and this episode is called "Welcome to the Temple." Very fitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it fits uh, certainly. We are introduced then to the lovely 
Melissa Santos, the ring announcer. And uh, this episode was actually, and we'll talk about it as the series goes on. This episode is where Melissa Santos met the father of her child, for what it's worth. It's not possible. Or pardon me, this show. This show, yeah, yeah. Yes, he is very much a machine, so. (laughs) Maybe the Melman's kid. Who knows? Um, (laughs) all, All kidding aside, Melissa Santos is there to introduce us to Dario Cueto. And Dario Cueto comes to the ring briefcase in hand basically cuts a promo says this temple this isn't for children to cheer for heroes this is a temple for to exercise ancient traditions as as dario would say um like courage honor and his personal favorite violence and that is an arc we will see throughout the show and i just love the way he hits that violence man It, it just it's lovely it's an arc. It's a theme. Like it's a it's a principal theme in the temple. Like it, it's very much a Fight Club. Uh, it gets even more violent. Uh, he he he's a great character, and I think you know it's kind of crazy that he's not anywhere else. I mean, maybe he is. I don't follow Triple uh, A, but he he was such a good character. He's probably the yeah. best, in my opinion, besides Vince McMahon in the highlight of the of the Attitude Era. Well, you he's know why you best. like him so much. Sorry to cut you off, but you know why you like him so much? No. He's a real actor. Oh, yeah, yeah, he is an actor. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's good. He's probably one of my favorite. If he's not the the best, he's the second best authority figure I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely, man. He's definitely Mount Rushmore of wrestling authority figures, in my opinion. Yes. Dario. And and that's the point where... uh, and that's the part where Vampiro brought up the, the Spanish versus Mexican thing, where it's like, oh, they're not going to like him because he's actually Spanish and not Mexican. Yeah. Because in the temple that he owns, uh, apparently you're only supposed to be Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> he is, uh, yeah, and that, to my knowledge, and again, I'm just, uh, I'm just a white boy from Oklahoma, but to my knowledge, the Spanish versus Mexican thing, that's very real. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes. So Dario has the briefcase, and again, this isn't a Chekhov's gun situation. The briefcase is there for a reason. The briefcase is holding in it 100 large, 100 Gs, man, 100 Gs. And the wrestler, the luchador who impresses him the most, will receive this money at the end of the night, something of a signing bonus. And his, his, in his words, here is your chance to get rich or die trying. It's the uh, fight of the night bonus or that like uh, Dana White would give you. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I just, I, I again, it's a, it's become a bit of a cliche, but it, to hit that line of get rich or die trying and the way he hits it with his, with his affect and everything, it just sounds amazing. It's a great setup. And yes. it, it helps get you hyped for the rest of it. And, it, and if you, and going back, I'm only more hyped for the rest of the season because when you first yeah. start watching, you're like, all right, well, let's see where it's going. But you and I, knowing where it goes, uh, yeah. Pretty hype. My only regret is that they that we didn't get a season five, but such is life. Yeah, that unfortunately factors outside of you know it just being a good show. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I, I think some of the bad contracts didn't help, and uh, I, I don't know, maybe they just weren't advertising. El Ray cut the crap out of the budget in the fourth season too. That didn't help. It didn't help. Uh, they were losing some wrestlers. I mean. It's and I frankly and maybe I'll save that my comments for later. But I had some issues with some of the choices and some of the booking. Uh, I had oh, some big, you mean like this first match, for example? Um, 
Sort of. I, I meant more about how I, I had more issue with the the decided finishes and the you know uh, how matches ended. Like it, they they it, it seemed like a, a steep drop, considering you can edit matches because it's mm-hmm. not filmed live. It seemed like there were some I don't know lazy choices uh, when it comes to certain things and some downright questionable decisions. It, but but everyone knew it was ending, so no you no one was really complaining. Yeah. Yeah. You were just happy you had more Lucha. Exactly. So the very first match of Lucha Underground, we see Blue Damon Jr. and Chavo Guerrero Jr., as it were. Hand a shake of hands to start the match. By the way, Rick Knox ref this match. You see a lot of PWG officials in this, by the way, because it's filmed in California as well. So let me just get into a quick recap. Chavo Mm. gets Demon into the corner. Clean break. Chavo with a side headlock takeover. Demon with a head scissors. Chavo kips up. We have a stalemate. Test strength applied. Chavo gains advantage. Near fall comes off of a snapmare from Chavo Guerrero. Demon misses a clothesline. Chavo hits an arm drag. Demon spinning head scissors. And by the way, Blue Damon Jr. is a relatively older wrestler when this match is happening. So yeah, it's, it's a little slow, but... For how old he is, I was not necessarily disappointed with his effort. Yeah, it was very much, if you follow New Japan, it was very much a uh, New Japan dad match mm-hmm. uh, for, for Blue Damon. I, I was impressed that he did the head scissors, but they were scary. And they, were sl- they, they weren't sloppy. He was doing it to the best of his ability. It wasn't, lack- it wasn't because he was you know, not trying. It's just his age you know, and his body. He... Probably shouldn't have been trying head scissors, but because it's a lucha match, he's he's got to do something. Yeah, yeah. Chavo gets another pinfall off of a tilt world DDT. Chavo sends Demon to the outside, wipes him out with a slingshot plancha. Back in, Chavo heads up for a top, heads up top for a moonsault, gets crotched by Demon. Demon with a slam, heads up top, favoring his knee. Demon goes for a senton. Chavo moves out of the way. Chavo gets a near fall. Demon sent off the turnbuckles, placed up top. Chavo goes up with him, goes for a super rana, but Demon counters with a powerbomb for a near fall. Sharp shooter, sharp shooter style submission. That's a lot of S's right there by mm. Demon while pulling on Chavo's arm, and we get a submission. Wow. It, it, yeah, Vampiro called said it was a scorpion uh, death lock, but it didn't. It looked like not the El Paso from El uh, Paso. from El Paso. Yeah, it didn't look quite like that. It was kind of like, it, it was it, it was sort of set up that way, but I, it was it was it did seem slightly different. Uh, it, but it was like a sharpshooter, deathlock type of type of uh, submission, and it was surprising to see the submission. There actually a lot of these matches surprised me uh, yes. with the outcomes and what was happening. I do not remember a lot of this. I didn't remember Chavo tapping out. And you don't, you know, for for like an opening match, usually usually they're a little bit more hype. I mean, not that it was bad or it wasn't exciting, but it, you you don't tend to think of submissions. Most people don't tend to think of submissions as entertaining. I would. I do like submissions, but uh, normally you expect some kind of like high impact finish. Yeah. With it, but it was still enjoyable. It was still good. Yeah, absolutely. I I do like that. It was a refreshing change for like an opening match. Mm-hmm. And that is, by the way, to anyone who does Lucha Underground trivia, remember that that is a uh, good factoid to know. By the way, yeah, after this match, Dario Cueto speaks with Conan. Cueto says he's happy he's working for him. Conan says, I ain't here to work for you. <laughs> Put that guap. 
sure. And you say you want to see the best fighters. I got the best fighter out there. Just peep out the window. And he's from the barrio. He's talking, of course, about Prince Puma. Cueto says he thinks there might be some luchadors who feel differently. For example, Johnny Mundo, who, as they advertise, will be wrestling his first match in three years. Now, granted, this is his first televised match in three years, but uh, not quite his first match in three years because Johnny, uh, John Hennigan, a.k.a. Johnny Impact, a.k.a. John Morrison, a.k.a. whatever, uh, hit the indies for three years, of course. But, you know, to say, hey, three years retired, now he's back, that's cool. It's, it's wrestling truth, you know. It's, it's not yes. a lie because it's wrestling. It's, uh, yeah, it's like, is it a lie if you believe it? Yeah. And, and someone fell for it. Uh, and this one was the interesting point I was telling you about off the air, uh, how uh, Conan says that Prince Puma's spirit animal is a jaguar, mm. but he's Prince Puma. Yeah. And I Googled it, and a jaguar is not the same type of cat as a puma. Like a puma is a puma, a jaguar is a panther. Right? It seemed like a very odd thing to compare him to a different cat when he's already a puma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, it drove uh, me crazy. W- way to keep it 100, Conan. Um didn't yeah he dropped the ball he did drop the ball by the way we just went right into the next vignette which i'm i'm okay with um went right into the next vignette conan talking to prince puma who's training uh you know hitting the heavy bag doing all that rolling and he explains way before uh way before game of thrones aztec warriors would claim the head of their fallen opponent which is why the mask has become the symbol of life in our sport that is nice storytelling for the the casual viewer who is like, hey, why did these guys wear masks all the time? That is They're a dorks. nice. What's that now? They're dorks. <laughs> I thought it was because they're ugly, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Prince Puma was born to be a Lucha Libre legend. It's in his blood. After watching the way he fights, making me a believer. The legend of his tribe has shown him his destiny in Lucha Underground. I will show him his glory. That's all from Conan, by the way. So Conan is all in on this kid. And I, I certainly don't blame him. That Prince Puma, he's got upward mobility. I, I feel it, man. Should we say who he is? Or I just feel assume... like, uh, yeah, let's say, yeah, cast of characters here. Prince Puma, a.k.a. Ricochet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's let's treat all our viewers like this is their first time hearing about Lucha Underground. It, that's how I do all my shows, for example. Yeah, Conan's so, not blowing smoke. It's He's legitimately talking about one of the best wrestlers there. In that absolutely, era. yeah. Like People love to forget about that because he's kind of on the sidelines uh, on the main roster right now, relatively speaking. But yeah. but yeah, Ricochet is legitimately one of the best athletes in wrestling. Easily. Mm-hmm. Vignette on Sexy Star, who talks about her past uh, being abused, but she says she's here to fight for girls, and she... Uh, She's here to fight for girls who need heroes because every woman is sexy and every woman is a star. That's her catchphrase, by the way. And it's a good one. Okay. But uh, Sexy Star kind of sullies her reputation a couple years down the line, but... (laughs) And she doesn't act so much as a star. Like, with the WWE program, be a star? Yeah, Yeah, uh, don't be a bully, be a star. She's very much being a bully and not a star. Uh, (laughs) Cut right to our next match. This is intergender, which, by the way, that is going to be a trope in Lucha Underground. They do a lot of intergender wrestling because, you know, uh, what what's the phrase? Oh, equal opportunity ass kicking. That's the mm. phrase Matt Stryker uses all the time on this show. Let's see here. So, oh, next match, Son of Havoc versus Sexy Star. They both enter. 
But by the way, and they edit these in post. I'm wondering, like, when Son of Havoc cut his promo, were they hearing that deep voice affect that they use on Son of Havoc throughout the show? Or were they just hearing Matt Cross? What do you think? Oh, does he sound different? Yeah, he's his voice is not oh, nearly that deep, dude. You ruined the illusion for me, bro. I've been living my whole <laughs> life thinking his voice was that deep. I was like, man, he's a Son good guy, Havoc. but it, he's a good guy, but nobody's voice is that deep. Dude, I was wondering. I was like, well, I mean, you got people that sound crazy, like uh, Honma in, in New Japan. He sounds like a demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time I heard him, I, I legitimately are. Our, our, what's his name from TNA uh, that had the uh, warts on his vocal cords? He had to have surgery to have him removed. Uh, uh, Stevie, uh, Stevie Richards. No, no, not Stevie Richards. Uh, he was in uh, the uh, NXT group where they were all corn. They were all grunge, new metal. What were they called? Uh... Yeah, Killian it Dane. Fulton? It was Killian Dane was in the group. Uh, Sawyer the, Fulton. No, it's it's the it was the leader. Eric Eric. Uh, Eric Young. Yeah, Eric Young. He had he had. How'd you blank vocal... on Eric Young? <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while. He disappeared. Oh man. But uh, uh, he he had a crazy voice. But I I assumed I thought that was his voice. I was wondering like why hasn't anyone picked this guy up? His voice is dope. Like, you know, he sounds like a monster. No, uh, you apparently didn't watch Tough Enough because his voice is very soft-spoken. No, well, that's disappointing. Well, that's probably why they beefed it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, Lucha Underground is like the uh, Tough Enough Season 5 show because you have Eva Lise, you have uh, Marty uh, Martin Casas, uh, Casas later, who pops up later. Again, oh, you yeah. have Martin Martin Casas, who pops up later. And you have uh, Eva Lise and uh, Matt Cross as well. Those are all that are coming to my mind right now. But uh, yeah, pretty good cast there. And this this was an interesting match because they it started off kind of, in my opinion, generic of him coming out saying, "Oh, women aren't as good as men," and you know, just being felt like, very Andy Kaufman. Yes. Yeah, it was very like okay, it's old school, you know, chauvinist. It's like all right, well, you know, we we know where this is going. He's going to get his ass kicked and. You know, sexy's gonna sh- teach him a lesson. Yeah, but I it, I didn't I wasn't excited when this match started. And one thing I I noted is with these shows, a lot of the matches show start without the music, without the entrance music. And you normally would think that's like a jobber entrance for other shows, but for Lucha, they just didn't have enough time. They include all the entrances. Yeah, yeah, and not only that. Again, like when these wrestlers come, when these luchadors come out. The live audience is not hearing this music. They're just reacting to nothing, which to me, that is a wild style choice that they made. I didn't even know that. I thought there was music. Nope, not not in the uh, not in the arena. That was added in post. I, that explains it, because I remember a few episodes I'd hear the music barely. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. even know what Pentagon's music was supposed to sound like. Yeah. Until I, YouTube, until I found it on YouTube, because yeah. the crowd is so the crowd is so live for these guys. Absolutely. Like the absolutely. Best crowd. But yeah, match starts. Son of Havoc tells Sexy Star, hey, I'm not going to fight you. Leave the ring. She says <laughs> uh, she she starts to leave, gets back in, unloading lefts and rights on this guy. Havoc shoves her down a couple times, hits a, hits a shoulder tackle. Havoc then removes his ring jacket. Star avoids a springboard moonsault, hits a Rana. Star goes for a wheelbarrow, but Havoc slams her down face first. Star goes up and over, but Havoc catches her. Star is sent onto the apron, slaps Havoc, and heads up top. Crossbody by Star for the near fall. Star off the ropes. Havoc catches her with a backbreaker, and that gets him the win. 
it was a surprising finish because I <laughs> I completely expected her to get one over, especially after the intro of her. That is know, a weird to... way to introduce her, in my opinion. Yeah, to cut the vignette and then uh, have her lose so quick and off a backbreaker. And to be fair, like I would be super critical if if WWE were to do something like this or yes. even AEW. Like I, I would be like, why did you already bury this person? You you just <laughs> hyped them up and you already like to a backbreaker yeah. no less. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the gimmick was that he pulled the tights. Yeah, or that was like the kind of the idea, but it was it, unless if they didn't tell tell me that like on commentary, I wouldn't have picked up on it. Yeah, it was it was different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So right after this, uh, we're back from a commercial, which, uh, again, if you're watching this in 2020, you didn't get a commercial. I guess you did, but not connected to the show. Um, anyway, <laughs> Cueto walks up to Chavo Guerrero backstage. He asks him what ha- what, backstage. He says, Don't hey, what happened? Leave that in. Yeah, leave that in. Leave my leave all all my faux pas in uh make me sound like an idiot which i am (laughs) he's like what happened out there man like he's i thought for sure you were gonna win you could have sent blue damn on into retirement and shown that the guerrero family is the greatest family in the history of luchador what do you do you tap out like cueto is just laying into this guy what would your uncle he says what would your uncles think and hey, hey, just just so you know, you're not getting the guap either. You're not getting this hundred k. So nice little uh, slap in the face to him. Just insult to, insult upon insult upon insult to injury. Oh, and uh, he says, hey, but you know what? Since you didn't finish off Blue Demon, I'm gonna bring in someone who will. But you know, once he's here, I don't know that there's anything we can do to stop him. And he says, one thousand deaths might be coming for us all. Oh, yeah, I'm so. Happy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Mil Muertes is uh, the man they're alluding to, by the way. He's in the I match guess. that this podcast is named after. Exactly. The the first match this. Uh, well, anyway, whatever. This isn't called Grave Consequences 2. It's called Grave Consequences. So, yes, he's in the match. This is named after um, Mil Muertes is uh, amazing. He was the former El Macias in AAA and uh, the former. Judas Macias. No, we don't TNA. talk about that. We don't. That never <laughs> happened. That never happened. It's the two different people, as far as I'm concerned. There's, they are not the same person. <laughs> it's impossible. Let's see here. So I want to talk to you guys about the main event, which is Prince Puma versus Johnny Mundo. But before I do that, I want to tell you all that support for for Grave Consequences is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And you know what? I'm glad I uh, got my shipment in the other day because I'm going to be honest with you guys, I like to manscape. And uh, doing that with a pair of clippers, that can be trouble. So I am glad I got the Lawnmower 3.0. Which, by the way, Manscaped redesigned the electric trimmer. Manscaped engin- the Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, which I alluded to already. <clears throat> Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's, Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Pardon me. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The water-resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower 
One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've already upgraded. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SUPLEX at manscaped.com. And always remember, your balls will thank you. Let's get to our main event then. We have uh, Johnny Mundo versus Prince Puma. First main event in Lucha Underground history, the Ric Flair versus Sting of Lucha Underground. Puma, leg kick early. Mundo blocks a leg kick. Puma Puma catches a kick from Mundo. Mundo with it. You know what? Screw it. I'm not going to do this beat by beat review. uh, First and foremost, what did you think of this match, man? This is the best choice to end this show because if it wasn't for this match it would have been like a meh show yeah. like, there wasn't like a lot of great stuff yeah but they threw johnny mundo in there and prince puma and i was telling you off the air uh it wasn't just flippy shit which you know i'm not a big fan of wrestling where it they're helping each other and you can clearly tell that you know one person's helping the other there was some brawling in here by johnny mundo he hit puma with with a, a nasty running knee at one point that i love when when you're seated on the ground uh, it's almost like a V-trigger, but without the bicycle setup. Uh, there was a lot of high-flying from from Ricochet. He was being the, you know, the more aerial person. But Johnny Mundo was kicking the shit out of him with, with a lot of his uh, brawling. Uh, even did a flapjack. He picked Puma up on the outside of the ring and flapjacked him into the ring post, which sounded nasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, he parkoured over the announce table, which normally, you know, anyone that parkours, you know, I cringe. But, you know, it makes sense. He's He's rolling over the the desk and then he slams Puma's head into it. Uh, it was, I, I feel like this match would satisfy most wrestling fans. I don't see anyone watching this and being like, eh, I don't like it because of this reason. Yeah. Uh, there were, you know, it was all this. It wasn't, there was brawling, there was some high flying and it, and it was, it was high impact, uh, high flying. It wasn't just flips. Uh, I love the end of the world finish that Johnny Mundo does. Mm-hmm. Fin de this Mundo is, here in Lucha Underground. Oh, is that what it's called? <laughs> Initially, yeah. I believe they end up calling it the end of the world, but I like the Spanish enunciation. It does sound better. I mean, the mm-hmm. split-legged corkscrew moonsault, it's, it's pretty I, awesome. It's Starship Pain, but he somehow lands it better in Lucha Underground. <laughs> it looks incredible. It, it was just funny because it looks so bad like everywhere else. Yeah, it's so it's weird when wrestlers do that, where they look incredible in one promotion, but in another promotion, they're just... And usually, like, uh, the bigger promotions are guilty of that. Once they go from indie, then all of a sudden their move looks sloppy. Or mm-hmm. I don't know if it's nerves. But, I mean, there was there was no nerves here. It was – I don't remember any botches. Uh, it, it was just high impact. It was it was violent. It was very violent with the brawling in the corner. I mean, at one point, Johnny Mundo picks him up and just runs him into the corner and just starts elbowing and kicking. Uh, and, yeah. and you know me. I love the brawling. I love striking and brawling and submission. So I was very happy with that. Uh, he does a standing C4, a Spanish fly. I mean, I think they always call it both things. Uh, I know Puma did a few sentons. I think he did a 450 or a three. What's the uh, spinning senton? Uh, I think it's like a 540 senton. I don't know. I don't got my degrees correct, but it, w- it was a very good match, a very high impact. I mean, I gave it like an A. 
I loved it. And the finish came yeah. when uh, Johnny did the, uh, he finally got the Starship Pain or the mm-hmm. uh, end of the world. Mundo. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, he did it. It was right after the Spanish fly too. Like he, he won definitively. Yes, uh, absolutely. And this will start a series of matches between Johnny Mundo and Puma. Yeah. And it's not like talked about earlier. Enough. Yeah, it's not. It's not. But this first season, these matches between Mundo and Puma, amazing. And they each get better and better. There's a few rivalries in this show that make the show. And it's mm-hmm. I hate the term long term, you know, storytelling, but it's just great booking and it's just played out, you know, as a regular TV season, like where you got, you know, one guy wins, another guy loses, and they just keep coming back to battle until you get the end of the season where you get the finale and you get the payoff Mm -hmm. Uh, it's and and not always unfortunately because of you know the nature of tv shows and wrestling on top of it but uh this this feud this rivalry is i mean you could say it's phoenix and and mil mortes you can say it's uh kill shot and ar fox or you can even say the trios with uh it was son of havoc ivalice and uh what's his name uh and helico yeah, him, mm-hmm. those three, uh, and, and the, the crew. Back, yeah, it's there's a lot of rivalries that will make that make this show very fun. Um, Which, by the way, speaking of the crew, um, yeah. after this match, Mundo and Puma they shake hands. Mundo help Mundo helps Puma up. Cueto comes out with a briefcase, acts like he's going to give it to Johnny, but then he uh, he uh, stiffs him. Or pardon me, he uh, is light on the paycheck there. Won't give him the won't give him the briefcase. Johnny's trying to fight over it. All of a sudden, we get we get Cortez Cra- uh, Cortez Castro, pardon me, and uh, Mister Cisco is his name here. Those two come out. They start beating on the two. All of a sudden, the faces are you know starting to even it up. And then who do we see but the man formerly known as Ezekiel Jackson? We see Big Rick. Yeah, and he he. Uh, I think the crew do this shatter machine on. Puma, yes, and uh, Big Rick does that big chest chop, big chest chop like Sheamus on uh, mm-hmm. Johnny Mundo, and then a choke slam. So yeah. I, I love the Shatter Machine. So I, I when I saw it, I was like, oh, I, I love this finish. I didn't remember that, but they they mess Puma up, they mess Johnny Mundo up, and they leave them just. And this is after their big match where they just killed each other. So it was it was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Cueto hands the briefcase to uh, to Big Rick, and um, that's our show, man. Oh, pardon me. Cueto also says, hey, like, it's not just luchadors here. I told you, the best fighters, which includes the crew and it cl- includes Big Rick. And that's our end shot is the crew plus Big Rick and Dario standing over the baby faces. And that's the first episode of Lucha Underground. And I think so, this episode does a good job of showing you that, or it's starting to show you that it's not just going to be luchadors. There's not necessarily factions, but there's people from different types of walks of life that are going to show up in this show uh, with their own style of fighting and their own agendas. Uh, they don't always line up with just winning matches. Uh, there's going to be some things people are going to be after. Uh, and it, it's really, really cool to see you know, some real, some alternative wrestling reasons to fight besides like, I want to be the best or I want the belt or I don't like that person. There's, there's a lot of real TV, like series kind of stories that are going to be happening, which are going to be very exciting. And, and they're showing you right now, it's not just a luchador, you know, arena, it's a fight club. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So one thing I like to do on Eddie and Caleb Zerocast, sh- uh, shout out, that's another show I do. Drops every Wednesday after NXT. But yeah, Eddie and Caleb Zerocast drops every Wednesday after NXT and AEW. Um, we review hero movies in chronological order, and we do grades from 1 to 10 on what we thought of the movie. And if you like Maz, I want to... Uh, I want to bring that over here, if that's all right with you. I don't care. <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> you don't care. That's good to know. That's good to know. So I'm going to be honest with you. This show, given what we have later, this episode was kind of a slog, for, in my opinion. So I'm going to go about a five and a half. Oh, wow. That's pretty low. Um, see, that final match I loved. Uh, I probably would... You? I'd give it like a seven. Seven? Yeah, I, I that final match. It's it's kind of like a like a superhero trilogy of movies. Like the first, especially with Marvel, you got that you got the origin story, which usually is pretty lame. Usually, that's not that very good. There's some exceptions, like Iron Man one, but you know you got Thor one, Captain America one wasn't as good as the second one. It's just I normally give a lot of leeway to like the first episode because they got to set up so much, you know. And they had with Chavo. I mean, come on, like that. that what are you going to get out of that? He was never winning that 100000 <laughs> Never. Uh, maybe a six. I, I could see it. I'd, I'd go between a six and a seven. Like, I really enjoyed that final match. Um, and maybe I am a little bit blinded by knowing what happens. Like, maybe if this was my first time watching, I'd be like, meh. But and it's kind of hard for me to turn that off. I know what's coming. Uh, and a lot of the uh, teasers... For things coming up, it's like when they tease, you know, Mil Mortes. I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna get, I get excited because you know, grave consequences. Uh, I got excited when he's when he's alluding to Johnny Mundo. I mean, there's so much coming up, so I, maybe I am blinded. It's a little bit hard for me to be objective. I'm gonna give it like a, I'll give it a six point five. It's my subjective opinion. <laughs> All right, sure enough. So you went six and a half. I went six. And I thought um, you went five. folks, that's the that's the show. We're going to be here next week, as always. We are on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, which includes shows such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, 8-Bit Suplex, lovely impact in video game podcast, by the way, Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show, Great Match Generator, Grown Men Watch This Shit, so many other amazing podcasts here on this network. We are the true Rudos. And by the way, in my opinion, the true ace of podcasts here on the network. Uh, shots fired, Josh and Jeremy. But uh, such is life. See how they respond. And uh, folks, we're going to get out of here. Always make sure you listen or there will be grave consequences.